Hello and welcome. Hang on a minute. Bear with me. <laughs> hello? Is this is this thing on? Are you yes. there? Are you all there? Phil, yep. hello. Jess, yep. hello. Hi. Uh, please, dear listener, don't tune off, I promise. This is a professional, professional podcast. Uh, this is French Football Weekly. It's been a while. It has been a while. And uh, yeah, we're back. My name is Chris, as you probably have guessed by now. I'm just here for the humour. But uh, yeah, we thought we'd bring you a podcast because there has been a little bit of football played in France uh, of a competitive nature. Uh, so... As you can gather from my uh, rather random introduction there, I have got Jez and Phil back with me this evening. And it's been a while, lady and gent. Um, when did it, was it March we last recorded? I think it probably was. I have completely lost track of time. I think we all have, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Uh, I presume you're both well. That's, that's the most well. important thing. <laughs> hanging on, but hanging on. Yes. How's things you're on, Jez? Yeah, good. good. Everyone, thank God, everyone sort of close has so far been okay. So, so far, so good. Keeping fingers crossed it stays that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll wind the clock back slightly um, to sort of last podcast, essentially, where we were all in a little bit of an unsure period of time. If you can think back this far, PSG had, uh, had just won the World Cup. No, they got through to the final stages of the Champions League. And of course, back then, there was mad celebrations outside the PDP. And uh, everybody was certainly not social distancing at that particular point in time. Um, things seemed to be sort of concerning but continuing and then wouldn't you know it pretty much within a fortnight we had everything locked down football had gone and uh, and the whole world had sort of grinded to a, a standstill we lost Liga and Liga for the remainder of the season the, uh, the sort of presidential decision uh, in France was that there would be no competitive sport across across the range across the nation essentially and that was all ended and as a result of that we will come on to the constitution for Liga and Ligue 2 a little bit later on but essentially what that meant was we had no football at all. Just before we um, we launch into what has happened since, obviously we, we've got two cup finals, one to discuss that's already happened and one to preview this weekend. Um, Phil let me ask you first of all, have you watched any other football whilst this lockdown has gone in place we've seen the other four major leagues continue have you have you sort of dabbled in and dipped the toe in the water a bit well yeah I did I mean I think um when obviously the Bundesliga came back and then other leagues started creeping back there was quite a lot of comment over here about did um you know the French government go too early in basically telling the LFP to to cut it out um because it seemed to work reasonably well, even with the the weak low uh, situation. But and of course, we were watching the um, <clears throat> not unexpected level of ire um, uh, and um, bitching from certain factions about the decision to call the league um, as a. 27 stroke 28 games so there's a whole points per game situation going on so yes i've been watching the premiership because mm. um that's all basically 
I don't even have to have RMC Sport anymore. It's all been on Canal Plus as a multiplex, which has been fascinating. I love a good multiplex. But um, yeah, it's it just all still feels a very, very up in the air, doesn't it? Because we've got this whole, you know, boys on tour Portuguese trip for the Champions League coming up soon which I'm sure will be fab- fabulous fun, but it's all just a little bit strange. So yeah. still waiting to see if and when things get back to semi-normal because we've got um, a limit of 5,000 people at outside events here. And it's not 100% clear whether that will apply to all the young games or whether some of them will still be empty. So How's we'll that have gone to wait so far? Because I did notice that the PSG, the first time I noticed it was a PSG-friendly matches and I noticed there was some, some fans there. Has that how is things how has it been going in France? Because the one advantage that Liga and, and French football might have as we look ahead to next season is the fact that they will be coming back sort of a little bit more normal than all the other leagues and a bit of head hmm. schedule if if you believe what you read. So how has it gone down so far with having some fans back in? I think it's seen as being um you know, a step in the right direction, but it's more for the lower leagues, maybe. Mm. Um, you've seen the PSG Ultras, for example, and I think the Saint-Étienne Ultras as well, just refused to show up to the cup final because, and they all went to bars instead. Yeah. Because I if, think it was the, the idea was if we can't all go, we won't go. Yeah. Well, did you, did you want to come in on that, Jess? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of that, but I think PSG was if we can't all go, we won't go. Um, yeah. I think Saint-Etienne was more, um, you're not even letting anywhere near as many of us go as uh, other people's fans. Yeah, I, I, I always find, I don't, we will talk about the final in, in a moment, I always find it sort of weird that, that when the national stadium is the home stadium of a club, it almost sort of feels, particularly when that club are more often than not in the final, it does always feel a little bit... I don't know, just just something doesn't quite sit right with me. But it's maybe not, that's it's just, not there. It's not. Oh no, of course it's not, is it? Because you've got because you've got um, Parc de Prince. Parc de Prince, yeah. So so why? So, okay, so that, let me let me backtrack slightly on that then. So why why is that not used? Is there a specific reason behind that? Because Parc de Prince but... is 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 the club one, and Stade de France is the um, national. It used to be the national stadium until the Stade de France is built. Yeah, it just um, seems it just seems like a bit of a I don't know a bit of a because could they not rotate? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just me being old fashioned. Oh, can you but... imagine the rest of the league if Parc des Princes got well internationals? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose. Let's, let's not. <laughs> I think I guess the internationals <laughs> it, it does still rotate a little bit, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, um, but. I think for sort of marquee domestic finals, I think it's right to have it in the national stadium. Yeah. And certainly just the final rather than semi-finals, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, same with playing semis at Wembley in, in England, doesn't it? And I mean, that, that just tells you how out of touch football's become when you forget the national stadium. Well done, Chris. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's been a while, boys and girls, it's been a while. Um, Jess, from your point of view as well, how have you found it? In terms of sort of sanitised football, I mean, you, I get, I'm guessing you you followed a, a little bit of Brighton um, in their their route to survival. Um, if you mention Neil Malpay, I will cut you off from the podcast. But um, other than that, has it? How have you sort of found it watching this kind of fake crowd noise and 
this it feels a little bit money orientated the fact that football carried on when it did did, did you enjoy I think, it i mean i think that the money ship has sailed years ago and yeah. i think whatever justification <laughs> every league gives for why they've come back i think it's blatantly to do with money mm. i think even the fact that france um stopped early is arguably to do with money as well right you know the other places it's because they've got existing TV rights to keep up with. In France, it just happens that this is sort of a transition summer where some TV rights end and others begin again. So for France, it was convenient that it stops and there's clarity so that they can get on with sorting out the new, uh, mm. the new companies that are going to be showing the matches next season. For, mm. for me personally, I have to admit, I mean, maybe it's because I'm a Brighton and Mess fan rather than a PSG and Liverpool fan, but... I did not miss football at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I realised just, firstly, how much it dictates my mood. And yeah. secondly, how many of my waking hours are spent not thinking about it, but worrying about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but since it's come back, I have been watching. I mean, Bundesliga for me has been, for the last couple of years, executing the championship here, um, the best league by quite a long way so it was a real pleasure to to sort of have that one back first um and premier league without mentioning neil Mopé, i've certainly enjoyed pre-lockdown um i still think the whole sort of empty stadium thing is bizarre i think that the crowd noises work quite well actually but i just think again the ship has sailed. I know it's not just a sport. It is a business. It is people's livelihoods, but it's just weird. I mean, football without crowds isn't really the mm. same thing. It's not the same sport. And as usual, I just feel like any changes and adaptations that do need to be made will favour the bigger teams. And the, yeah. you know, the five subs. Oh, this, this, the yeah, the five subs. Fine, but continuing mm. it into next season, I think, is disgraceful. Mm. No, no, I agree on on that one, definitely. I was very surprised to hear that that might be continuing because it is. It's completely loaded towards who has five good guys on the bench, which isn't always the case for a lot of mid-table and lower-table teams. Just on the crowd noise, one funny thing here is they're clearly, uh, Canal Plus are clearly picking up, obviously, the, the main feed. But sometimes we have crowd noise and sometimes not. Because I understand it's, it's an option in britain so it's like yeah. whichever feed they choose they might have the the canned crowd noise or not so yeah. that means when you have a multiplex it's really very confusing because they they were moving from match to match and sometimes you could hear you know people inverted commas singing in the background and the other time you could just hear central defenders swearing at their goalkeepers so yeah. it was it was really quite strange when they were doing the sort of um jump cut editing from from game to game if they weren't all taken from the same same uh, same approach i think that's that's probably the, the one highlight for me during the what sort of listening to the the, the players on the pitch um matt ritchie's uh sort of foul mouth at the linesman was a particular highlight of mine but yeah, over in the UK, it's 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 kind of been you can have crowd noise. It's basically if if the game is big enough and they're showing it on two channels, you've got the choice. If the game is only on one channel, then you just get crowd noise, which I always preferred it without. But um, 
yeah it, it's been it has been a weird experience but we we did we did see the return to sort of competitive quote unquote i'm doing the air marks thing there um sort of if you can call it a competitive game i, I mean it kind of was really and, and that was of course the the final that we witnessed on uh that's Friday, Saturday. I'm losing. I'm Friday. literally losing track of days. Friday. 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 Losing track of days and months and years. Four by R is more important. <laughs> oh yes, of course. Yeah, mentor, 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 that. But uh, yeah, let's let's start with you with you then, Jez. So the Coupe de France final, PSG came out on top. Which, if you'd have said that pre-game, most people would have gone. Well, of course they would. But it it didn't really sort of turn out that way in terms of the game starting. I thought St Etienne gave a really good account of themselves until they they fell behind really against the run of play and then lost their captain, uh, which we'll probably touch on in a second. But do you think that, that Sir Levera will look back on this a little bit and go, could have done more, could have taken our chances, could have had a better shot at this? Uh, I mean, I think there's regret because I think overall they probably were the better team. Mm. And uh, obviously... It's difficult to play PSG anyway, but certainly when you're down to 10 men for over half the match. Um, I mean, I suppose the only one where you say could have taken the chances, the only obvious one is, is where they hit the post in the in the first 10 minutes. And um, even then, it wasn't like it was an easy chance and it would have made things more interesting had it gone in. And certainly from a neutral point of view, it was a real pity that it didn't. But I'd, yeah, I, th- I think they gave a really good account of themselves and... and regret because you know football isn't based on on who's ahead on points it's just it's based on who actually puts the ball in the net and and unfortunately for them they weren't able to but as you said you look at the the two results the two league results this year and, and PSG very comfortably beat beat Saint-Étienne twice I think maybe both times after Saint-Étienne went down to 10 men as well so um for for Saint-Étienne to it won't be a consolation, but for them to keep it to, to only one goal difference and, and come out um, probably receiving more compliments than, than PSG um, is good for them. But I guess the bottom line is they've got losers' medals, so you know, it doesn't really amount to much at the end of it. No, no, that's a, a fair point. Um, Phil, the, you look at sort of the just touching on the lineups as well, a couple of Slightly surprising selections, I thought, in, in PSG. Marco Verratti was on the bench in favour of Leandro Paredes. I thought it was a little bit of a strange. I guess there's a, probably a fitness element to some of these decisions. Um, Draxler sort of largely thought that he might be moving on, was also bench. Kimpembe was on the bench. And uh, it was Neymar's opener that, that got PSG in front, but that probably wasn't where probably wasn't the, the weirdly saying about a goal not being the main moment of the first half, but it probably was that tackle which everyone is, is fully aware of now what did you make of, of Loic Perrin's uh, sort of desperate lunge for the ball and it's... ultimately ending up in taking Mbappe out in the process yeah. no I mean it's obviously it it's had a it was a bad tackle it had a big impact on the game it's very worrying for Mbappe but if that was Perrin's last match you know, it's kind of sad from that point of view that you go out on that note. You know, I think, uh, you know, 17 years at the club, a one-club man, 30 goals as a centre-back in 470 matches. 
and it's just like why would you you know who he is mm. you know it's it's not like it's a surprise that he's quite nippy um you know what are you doing in your kind of final in your send-off match why why would you do that and it did i mean that was on what 30 minutes yeah so it then left his team in you know a very difficult situation and i think they dealt with that very well i mean my the main word i think of when i look at this psg win is unconvincing because they had 60 minutes against 10 men and Santetian really kept them, kept them under control. You know, they, they, I think they were very canny. Um, obviously, they had to, you know, regroup and sit back a bit after, after the goal and after, then after going down to 10 men. But there were little flurries after half time on about 65 minutes and then the last 10 minutes. You could see that they were kind of deliberately sitting back making things solid and then having a go and when you look at the the shots figures um who scored has it as um 13 to 11 on target eight to three and that's kind of where if you're going to start trying to break as a 10-man team you've got to be putting them on target but Buanga was great I did think from the beginning for Saint-Étienne that kind of not playing with a striker because um, they seem to have Hamuma up front, um, was something that might come back to bite them, and it kind of did, because Boranga was the one who got like five shots off, hit the post in the first five minutes, and then later on you had um, Kasri coming on and doing some stuff as well. Hamuma and Budabus had no shots between them. And I think, yes, a lot of that was um, coloured by descending off and what they had to do after that but I did think it kept it interesting that they were being so obdurate and hanging on and I was just looking at the L'Equipe um, kind of tops and flops uh, numbers and this was um, when there were 29,000 votes so who's the best player Neymar was on 40 percent Obviously, he was at the metronome in the middle of that PSG field. He absolutely wasn't. And, and well, <laughs> that's what they're saying. Um, but Moulin was on 31% and Fafana was, was third. And I think um, Jesse Moulin played a absolute blinder there. The whole Ruffier situation we might get into later, um, I think he's really put, uh, put a, a kind of... Um, something in the ground on that one. Um, and then when you look at the, uh, the flops, it was Perrin uh, with 54%, which you'd understand given what he did and where he left his team. And then Icardi was second because Icardi was hopeless. Yeah, yeah I thought, so that. thought he was, a, he was it was It was a very, it was not the match we expected to see but I still thought it was really interesting because I did think that Saint-Étienne played, defensively speaking, sensibly speaking, a really, really good game. And, yeah, if you're down to 10, what you, you have to rely on a little bit of luck there, and they yeah. didn't get it. But they gave themselves the chance, and I thought that was very, very commendable. 
they needed to get in front to, to have something to sit on potentially. If that's, yeah, I, I mean, if I like that you say, if that Baranga shot on five minutes had gone in, then that potentially, would, anyway. that would have been really interesting because they probably would have sat back and, and soaked up the pressure up the, bus, the yeah. same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it definitely had the feel of that. Ches, uh, we we did sort of just mention there about the whole Neymar rhetoric. What do, do you think? There's there's just this sort of obsession with so almost like French football having, or well, particularly uh, Le Keeper are quite keen on doing it. This this kind of build up of him being brilliant. Is it just the idea of trying to keep him here because he's the main superstar? Because like you, I didn't I didn't really feel like he did a lot. I mean, he scored the goal. There was a few nice touches. I, mean, I think he did more in pre-season friendlies, which annoyed people than he did in this particular game. It's undoubtable that he's a hugely talented footballer, but how much of that is, is the hype that goes with him rather than the actual performances? Because he's going to need to do a lot more if PSG yeah. are going to go through this tie with Atalanta even, let alone win the Champions League, oh, especially yeah. with Mbappe out. So what's, what, do you, what do you reckon? I mean, if, if, it's, if it was a sort of audience vote and he got 51%, then I sort of don't expect too much different. I mean, it's like, you know, the BBC at the moment is running a vote on who the, the best, um, best ever Premier League winners are. And obviously all the Liverpool fans are out in force making sure that that this year's team wins the poll, and obviously it's Arsenal's un, un, unbeatables. But um, yep. so I think it's a similar thing. There's you know PSG, obviously the the fashionable mm. club for all the all the um, nouveau football fans to support right now. Mm. Um, but I just the two there's two things that really annoy me about French media football media coverage, and they're kind of a little bit contradictory. One of them is that they're, they're non-stop down on the French League and look on other leagues, mainly the Premier League, with rose-tinted spectacles. I mean, the number of correspondents that were ripping apart the match and saying what a rubbish match it was. First of all, it's the first competitive match back for either team. You know, Villa against Sheffield United was hardly an epic either, was it? <laughs> um, Don't you and- be talking about my Villa like that. <laughs> Secondly, um, and, you know, with all the kind of obvious other mitigating circumstances, like it's a cup final being played against five people in a, in a massive, massive stadium and then they're sending off and things like that. And also I found it was quite disrespectful to, to Saint-Étienne. I mean, it's weird because, as, as we said, like Moulin, for fun, I should have been the, the sort of man of the match and deputy mm. man of the match. Um, yet PSG weren't particularly impressive. So there as well, there's a bit of a contradiction. But I think, you know, I don't think it's fair to kind of, it just feels like a very lazy kind of PSG didn't play well, therefore it wasn't a very good match. It's yeah. not really how it works and it's to completely ignore no. the opponents. But yeah, on the one side... Because kind they, of... they made PSG not play well, yeah. which yeah. is something you have to pay some for. There's definitely an element of that. But I just, I also... Yeah, it's just a lot of the media coverage, I expect better. And, you know, I know like for years we've kind of been joking about, you know, Thiago Silva 7 and things like that. But Neymar, okay, he scored the winning goal. Let's be fair, it was more or less a tap-in after Mbappe and Di Maria had done all all the work Mm -hmm. and he still did his best to almost miss it. I'm sorry, he did very little afterwards. People were like, oh, but you look at the statistics and look at the number of chances created. 
There were, if you actually look back on it, the few chances that he created, as in the passes that led to shots, were actually overhit passes. So the person who had the shot was on the stretch and was never going to score. So, you know, it's all backers' fault and it's all, um, I think it was a uh, Sarabia's fault. No, it was a crap pass from Neymar in the first place. Um, and part of the problem, as usual, was there was very little transition between the phases because the midfield, for whatever reason, was more or less non-existent. And also the, the strikers were doing making absolutely no effort to come back at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, you know, the usual when have we there. seen that before? Exactly. Yeah. If you look at Lekip's match ratings, Neymar gets a seven or eight. But weirdly, like the, the little blurb that goes with it, they couldn't even find anything to compliment him with. So they just mm. said he was very clever to manage his energy and watch the main chances from a distance. Why the fuck are you giving seven or eight out of ten to someone? I'm, I'm, pretty, that? I'm pretty sure you could say that about me, just watching the match. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were players that, that gave, I mean, uh, you know, you could have said exactly the same thing about Di Maria, who was in and out of the game, but still... You know, conserved his energy well and used it at the right times. You could say, I thought Idrissa Gay was quietly very, very effective in the middle of the park for, for PSG. Like, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I think it I was think you're right. in terms of the midfield, wasn't it peak Verratti to get booked? Oh, that was while that was before coming on the pitch. So when he came on, uh, the French commentators were going, and uh, he's bringing a yellow card onto the pitch with him. I, I, that was that was. I fully expected him to get booked a second time yeah. and, not, and forget that he'd been booked on the bench and get sent off. I thought that was coming. And I almost felt like, in, in, in seriousness, I felt like that Perrin tackle, which was, you know, granted, he, as you said, stalwart, long-serving player, and it was mm. a poor tackle. Um, I did I had quite an argument with somebody on Twitter who clearly he claimed to have played the game for 30 plus years and said Mbappe would would uh, should be fine and he would just run it off. I was like, are you are you a moron? But um, but yeah, I, I I felt like it was it it was almost like Perrin dived into that challenge because of the way the game had gone. It wasn't the first mm-hmm. challenge that had been a bit naughty up to that stage. It seemed like players were losing their rag left, right, and centre, and it was almost yeah, like there'd a been a small fight. Yeah, a couple of minutes nice. previously, which um, obviously is always we yeah. don't want to see it, but I to be honest, I'm getting a little bit bored with that as well. Like, um, you know, Tuchel after the match, or that you know they were targeting our players. Our players need to be more protected. What you expect? Know, it's hardly yeah. a new thing that a team that isn't made up of 200 million euro superstars are going to have to do other things to kind of level the playing field. You know, all I've heard for the last three or four days on the Premier League season reviews are how fantastic Burnley are. They're dire, they're dirty, they're horrible, but they do what they need to do because of their lack of resources compared to the top four. And they do it very well and they do it very effectively and I guess good for them. Saint-Etienne, like you said, they don't even really have an out-and-out striker that they can build. So you do what you need to do. I'm not saying it's right necessarily to to break the rules or to dive in or whatever, but you know you 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 do what you can within the rules, and if you break the rules, then you expect to get punished, just like Perrin was. Mm-hmm. Um, Neymar, in particular, superb player that he is. Play, you know, with Perrin, I don't think there's any malice in what Perrin did. He was beaten for speed, so. Yeah. 
he and he caught him and he was right it was quite right that he'd be sent off in the same way Neymar is a very quick very skillful footballer whether it's because players are beaten for skill and speed or because that's the only way to to stop him that's what you expect players to do and Neymar in particular because he's such a um the wind-up merchant and he knows exactly what he's doing um, he's going to attract that kind of thing more than anyone else. And I'm so bored with it. We have to protect Neymar. It's disgusting how badly he's treated. You play with matches, you get burnt. Again, I'm not saying it's right to have... He's not He's not Jack Grealish. He's not right necessarily to be a complete wind-up merchant. The two go together. If he doesn't want to be hacked down like that, stop winding the other team up. Yeah. Yeah, did you did you see did you see the friendly thing? Did you see all the Ferrari that that caused? Um, I only, was I this had, when I they, they saw that Celtic were pissed off with him? Yeah, yeah. They really beat too. a village in Austria nine nil or something. Yeah, he he was basically giving it the sort of the rainbow flicks and the you know stop turns and all that and yeah, I mean I don't know. It's to be honest, actually, for a friendly, I think good for you go for that's it that's probably the time it doesn't yeah. matter and and people are paying to be entertained or they're not because there's no one there but you know what i mean <laughs> people are, you know nine people are paying to be entertained yeah you know it's like rene higita in the friendly all those years ago with the hmm. kick if you're gonna yeah. you know you want to see that kind of thing and the safest place to do it is in a friendly <laughs> yes. but in a really important um match if you're going around winding up the opposition then expect to get kicked Mm. That, that's the thing if you're going to do that you kind of have to it, it's a little bit like shushing after a goal you know isn't it if you're going to give it out you've got to expect to get it back if it all goes a bit tits up so yeah, yeah. no I, I by I the do, way Neymar isn't the cleanest player either no he's no he's got that side to him no I completely agree um Let, let's let's talk um, about the, the the next upcoming final now. Let me get my days right now. Is this going to be on a Saturday or is this Friday? Be on a, this is Friday, Friday as well. Still Friday. We're doing Friday night football in France. Anti anti footballard clashes, uh, uh, notwithstanding. Um, do do we give Lyon any any chance in this particular final? It's the Coupe de la Ligue final. Am I right, right in saying this is the final Coupe de la Ligue final yes. for the time being? Anyway, until yes. they get bored and bring it back in ten years. Yeah. Give them any chance, Phil? Given given the fact well, that Lyon are ready for Champions League action as well. Right. So where did they actually finish in the table? Seven. Don't ask me that. So I, I think, think it was, was mid table, wasn't it? After yeah. the Nine. so. No, I think I think they were seventh, so they're outside the um, league-based European spots. And this is one of the things that all us was um, having kittens about when the decision was taken to stop the league. So their only chance to have European football next year is to win the Champions League. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Sorry. Or, or. <laughs> to um, win the Coupe de la Ligue, which seems slightly more likely than beating Juve and then possibly City or Real Madrid and then whoever, you know, whatever. <clears throat> so you would hope, given all of the fuss that Olas has made about them being cut out of the European places by the decision to stop the league, that they would actually you know, shake a leg for this one. Whereas PSG, obviously, 
don't really care. I mean, it would be nice for them to have it, but they've got other things on their mind before they play Atalanta and yada, 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 and try and win the Champions League, which is obviously their priority. So if Mbappe's out, potentially for that, Tuchel really needs to be looking forward to that Atalanta game. And, you know, the Coupe de la Ligue, I mean, I know that the bench, the reserves, the youth have all got caps as well. But this is an opportunity for Lyon to win the cup if they don't panic. Yeah, which is up to the bench. <laughs> who, who of us could see them managing that? It's, That's the thing. And, yeah. and could PSG, I mean, we saw them play Baka, didn't they? He started in, in the final last Friday. That was a bit of a surprise. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. Could they rotate to the extent that there is no Mbappe? There's uh, sort of Leon have got a lot more to choose from. Obviously, Depay is back is, is a huge boost. But again, we don't know to what level at, at the moment. Let me swing it another way, Jazz. What do Leon have to do? To, to have a good chance in this game. And obviously, you know, of course we've got a chance. It's a one-off game in football. But what's what's the game plan for Garcia's men for you? To What's the blueprint for them to be in this game? Uh, to be honest, I think they could they could do worse than kind of follow Saint-Etienne's blueprint. I think yeah. that there is talk that they may sort of play, play three at the back. Um, I mean, it's very simplistic, but they, they need to be stronger at the back than they have been than they were sort of during the season um i see Mar- marcelo's already scores an own goal in 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 the friendlies and and oh, they have Christ. looked a little bit i mean they <laughs> i think they've won three and lost one but they have conceded sloppy goals so that's one thing they really need to sort out you know it's again it's an, it's another cliche but they need to be at their best and hope that psg aren't at their best and I think probably PSG, you know, of the two, it's kind of everything we've always said about PSG and where they're at, everything domestic is almost like a, a sort of rehearsal for Champions League. In a way, this has kind of distilled it into into that in a, in a microcosm that now even the two sort of domestic cup finals are effectively friendlies and in warm-up for for Champions League. So they've won the more important of the two cups. They're probably quite spooked by what happened to Mbappe. So I don't think it would be too surprising to see them rotate and maybe not be you know, properly 100% um, motivated for this. And then it's up to Lyon to, to really play to their best. And, and their, their attacking players have sort of shared the goals round. Um, certainly Depay and, and Dembele will still have half an eye on... on um, possible big moves this summer um so i mean again we know that Lyon playing to their best are a formidable team and they're one of the few teams that have been able to consistently give psg a good game over the last few seasons mm-hmm. problem is that this season has been very different and i still think there's some quite serious problems in the background there but this is a one-off match and if marcelo can and and Anderson if if they're both playing there if they can keep the mistakes out of their game and if they can use their their midfield and and obviously it's um it was beginning with with Gimarish especially to to show signs of life and um even Tiago's had a, a, a decent 
preseason, if you can call it that so far. Um, I, I do think that they've certainly got the ability to beat PSG. It's just that, yeah, everyone needs to be at the top of their game and they've mm. got to make sure that they don't give PSG any, any cheap goals. Cause yeah. I mean, of, of four, you know, if they do what Saint-Étienne did and let PSG score in 14 minutes, they're probably stuffed. I, if I'm looking at, if this table I'm looking at is correct, then to my great surprise, they are joint fourth best defensively. Mm. So Rance conceded 21, PSG and Rennes conceded 24, and Lille and Lyon next 27. Yeah, 27 and they've got the third best uh, attack after obviously PSG on 75, Monaco on 44, and then Lyon on 42. So I, when I was listening to Jess, I was just thinking, oh, I need to look at how bad the defense was. And it wasn't that bad, but it was like the mistakes they made were very, very pronounced. It's a bit like, you know, when Edison Cavani misses a shot, Edison of, of um, beloved memory and all that. You know, <laughs> when, they make, when they make a ricket, it really put a hit on that. That uh, goals against column should look much better. And I think that's that's key. But it's mostly, yeah, as Jess says, how seriously will PSG be taking this game and how how calm can Lyon stay to play it? Yeah, and it, and, it's, and it has quite a, uh, could have quite a bearing on both both clubs' um, sort of pursuits in terms of Champions League because I mean Leon are Leon are not um, uh, yeah I, I I would I would say their chances against Juventus are far less than PSG's but a lot of people are now starting to talk Atalanta up as being a team that can beat PSG and I do wonder if PSG possibly as I'm as soon as Mbappe went off and the news came in that he might be doubtful for that, you can imagine Atalanta fans, including my friend Mauro, uh, yeah. rubbing their hands and thinking that might be the the thing that tips it our way. You yeah. know, because they're going to go out on all guns blazing and don't give a shit and whatever. And mm. so you're looking for those fine margins. And frankly, Kylian Mbappe not being there is a fatter margin than you'd be hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, completely agree with that. I think that, I still think Lyon could spring a surprise against Juventus. They've got the goal advantage Mm. from the first leg. They haven't conceded any away goals. And Juventus, although they've won the league, have not been very convincing, certainly since the restart. Um, Atalanta, I mean, you look at their goals, goals scored 98. I, you know, it, it feels a bit like that uh, that Monaco, well, either Monaco Man City or Monaco Dortmund um, Champions League tie from, from sort of three years back. You feel like this this could be very high scoring. Yeah. And the fact that it's a one-off match changes things a little bit, but um, there could be a lot of goals here. And um, I don't know too much about Atalanta's defence. I know PSG's can be found out. Um, and, yeah, Mbappe is a huge loss because, you know, whatever all the Neymar fanboys say, uh, for me, Mbappe is the key man now. He's the match winner, yeah. yeah. I think if you're the centre-back, 
you're more frightened of him than, <laughs> than yeah. I mean, else. Neymar, you've just got to you just got to send him wide. That's the key. And Bappe, yeah. you can send him wider inside. He's still going to hurt no, you. I, I was not not quick. When we were talking about the the going back to the Coupe de France final, um, I was looking at the um, heat maps that who scored had up to work out what was going on, and Neymar had a really concentrated area of activity, which was basically in the centre circle, in the right side of the centre circle, as it were, but still in the centre circle. And um, I then tried looking at Icardi's heat map and had to actually turn the contrast up on my on my <laughs> screen because I couldn't see it. Um, and uh, between the posts also had Icardi down in their um, pass maps as being a completely peripheral character. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Neymar is... E to a certain extent, easier to control if you can avoid fouling him or being assumed to have fouled him. Yeah, Whereas, with the size of him, you could just distract him with pies. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know, cat toys, good. something, something like something that. Something with a bell in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. little furry mice. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm hopeful for a good game on Friday. Yeah. I think. Um, it's going to be a case of what happens in the first 15 minutes it may well define what happens after that. Yes. So we're going to have to hope, I think, from a neutral point of view, all of us uh, are neutrals in, in this fight, that there is it, that PSG don't score in the first 15 minutes because then after that, it's probably going to be the dullest game you've ever seen. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I might be wrong, but I think last time Lyon beat PSG, PSG took the lead in the first ten minutes. Okay, in, in, I, yeah, I'm going to shoot then. <laughs> but, but I, but I still no, think, but I agree I, on principle. I agree the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah every every um, the, the records are there to be broken, but in in the grand scheme of things, you, you'd like to see Lyon go in front to see how PSG reacts. Um, but yeah, it, it, let's hope for a good game for the neutral, and at least to maybe because there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game as well. Uh, given the amount of leagues that are finishing around the country or well, around the world, sorry. I, I noticed when I was just checking when it was that um, apparently on Friday, just before the Coupe de la Ligue final, Marseille are playing a friendly game against Bayern Munich. As you do. Now, does that sound like a good idea? Because I don't think that sounds like a good idea. Not, not the best of ideas, to be honest. But then I get, I suppose, if that's when they got to play. And I know they time. they need to warm up before playing Chelsea with a 3-0 um, lead from the first leg. So maybe mm. they're thinking they wear blue, whatever. Yeah, let's just play them, yeah. Um, there is there is some yeah. good news in terms of friendlies, though. Um, certainly good news for, for you, Jez. You can watch Dijon against Mets live on Twitch. I've just seen uh, announced on their Instagram. So, if you want to watch some friendlies, then, then I, I watched five minutes of Strasbourg versus Montpellier yesterday, and it was just like watching someone on a phone at the side oh, of the park. And I thought, what, what a free kick from uh, What a free kick from Molo, though. Did you I see that? I know, oh. I know, it was good, but it and just it was very difficult to follow if you don't have actual. Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? Um, vision of the pitch. So, quick, um, <clears throat> a quick, quick mention for as we as we transition into the the uh, roster, as it were, for for Liga and Liga de, or the setup for next season. A quick kit watch. Um, quite impressed with with some of the new kits. Uh, Jez, we're we're still waiting for that delightful Mets kit that we're hoping to see. 
Uh, they've been wearing sort of a rather patchy training top in training at the or in games at the moment. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite fond of uh, Nantes home and away. It's rather rather swish Bordeaux. I see you've got a new crest and gone to Adidas. It's quite a nice little look. Uh, Just in Monaco's, case anyone is, you know, wondering about gender stereotyping, this is the lads talking oh, this, this about is, the yes. clothes here. This, this is indeed. Although that said, the, the Montpellier um, three three kits they've released look equally good on. The yeah, orange, the I, like the, I, yeah. I like the orange. I like the orange. Yeah, yeah quite fond just, of that. Can I just very quickly go off on a tangent and you just may. mention Bordeaux and what a shit show they are at the moment. Please do, because I will. It was on my <laughs> list of things to mention. So yeah, as, as lovely as both their kits are, <laughs> they're probably not going to sell many because most no. of the fans are protesting about how horrific their new club logo is. <laughs> yeah, um, I did see this. They've. The fans are getting somewhere in that Eduardo Massio, the director of football, and also Anthony Tiode, who's kind of in charge of like commercial and box office and was very rude earlier in the summer about fans and previous club um, players and, and club legends and things. They, it looks like they both left this week, but the president is still there and Paolo Souza is still there, even though a month or so ago it seemed that he was leaving. Amazed, now yeah. he's not leaving because they reckon probably he was leaving because he wanted the Benfica job. That's now been given back to um, George Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so now suddenly he's thinking, shit, maybe I should stay. Um, <laughs> in any case, Bordeaux is saying I'm not going to get a payoff. Um, so now you've got a coach who doesn't want to be there but is insisting on staying and mm-hmm. a club who would like to get rid of him but can't find a reason to get rid of him. Um, and fans who are um, protesting in the car park. Yeah, so pretty yeah. much. Uh, yeah, it's not a whole lot of a good atmosphere there, let's say. No, no, definitely not. Um, nice mention for their, their kits, though. That away kit is fire, but I agree. Um, Which is the one that... that looks like you should be colouring it in to find a magic picture? Lorient's uh, third kit. Oh, that the third? Yeah, Lorient's third. Oh, come on. Come on. It's a delightful kit. I'm a big fan of that. I'm going to be I investing I in had colouring books that looked like that when I was a kid. And and, and a little shout out to Lorient's um, uh, director of um, of, of uh, social media, who has been on fire this summer. Some of their promotional videos have been fantastic. But anyway, that's the story for a rainy day. So come on, Chris. Tell mm. us who's come up. Well, uh, Lons have come out, which is lovely for them. Uh, largely forgettable, small club. Um, but yeah, Lorient, obviously, uh, naturally, is, is the big story. Um, no, in all seriousness, Lons and Lorient are up. So if you look at the, the, the sort of the Liga teams competing for next season, the 20 teams from top to bottom, Angers, Bordeaux, Brest, Dijon, Lens, Lille, Lorient, Metz, Monaco, Montpellier, Nantes, Nice, Nîmes, Lyon, Marseille, PSG, Round, Rennes, Saint Etienne, and Strasbourg. So that's the the setup for Liga when the new season comes around, which we Neem, expect to be. Neem having a massive um, get out of jail free card Big with time. the uh, playoffs being uh, cancelled after they finished yes. 18th. Yeah, I'm quite and glad for them though. So I'm quite, I'm quite yeah, I I them. have I know that they're supposed to be the enemy as I'm a Montpellier fan, but I do find their um, kind of approach of creative chaos to be highly entertaining so fine and we lot from league we lost to lose which frankly yes. nobody was uh surprised by but also amiel 
Yeah, well, I feel a bit bad about mainly because yeah. where she's going now. And they've st- and they've and they've stayed really quiet. Um, well, I say really quiet. I mean, obviously they 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 well, were cheesed off when it happened, involved, but get them involved in some kind of class action lawsuit. But uh, yeah, yeah, that all seems to have gone a bit. Um, yeah, I do. If I can allow myself a little bit of self-promotion, I've actually got an interview. I interviewed the president of AMIA. Mm-hmm. Where, um, where, where will that be uh, unleashed, Jess? I was out like a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. So people can, yeah. can still find it then. Yeah. But, um, remind me of the link, Pet. I'll stick it in the article. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I feel sorry for AMIA. And I wonder if they were kind of a little bit hampered by just how bad Toulouse were. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if both yes. teams were any kind of three or four, Toulouse, not three or four points away themselves down. Well, they were four points from safety, but they're quite right. They had a lot of their sort of relegation rivals mm. in come in, and mm. there was over a quarter of the season to go. To go, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah no, unfair. I agree does feel harsh it does feel harsh i mean i guess the hope would be and if all the planets align they can come back up um just quickly running down do wonder if saint etienne had been in that position whether they yes yeah yeah that would have been shit would have hit the fan if that had been the case and they were right on the edge of it before all this when they think they got out of jail a little bit um leader lineup for next season sosho osser toulouse ajaccio can't gangon amien we just mentioned neil Nancy Love, Chateroux, uh, Trois, Clermont, Grenoble Foot, uh, Valenciennes, Pau. And I must admit, I knew nothing about them, so I need to look into them. They turn up reasonably frequently in the Coupe de France uh, previews, yes. but they are also mainly known for being a Tour de France. Um, it's basically a massive mountain. Capacity 2000 stadium. That's what I like to see. Oh, that's like Gazalek plus one, isn't it? Oh, is it rugby? Ah, Okay, that would make sense then, yeah. Um, They've got, um, they've had a couple of very talented young mess players on loan there the last couple of years. So, yeah, I hope they do all right. Man on the inside. You you always know it's a small a smaller club when there's hardly any player faces in a profile on on any website. Yes. Uh, You've just got the little grey cutout just, passport yeah. photo thing. Just, just yeah. Blo- yeah, bloke one, bloke two, bloke three, <laughs> and the nationality. But but all jokes aside, um, it's good. To, I always think it's good to see new clubs mm. in in divisions, um, which is sort of nice to see clubs coming up and and sort of making their way through and doing well. Um, so hopefully they, they can consolidate. Um, and then as I said, just to finish off, Paris FC, Rodez, Dunkirk and Sean Malie. Dunkirk, have they come up as well? I believe they no, did. They've been, were they already up? They've been hovering around for a while. I don't remember seeing them this high up, but they are in Liga either right. way. Oh. So um, good luck to them. But uh, yeah, Liga, we are um, hopefully going to do a little bit more on Liga this season if we can get the, the personnel who follow it closely, just so we can keep our, our beady little eyes on it. So that will be the plan moving forwards with that one. And um, both leagues, I think, restart the same weekend. Yes, this year. September is it? The no, it's August the twenty eighth. Of course, sorry. Yes, it's the other leagues. Twenty eighth, twenty ninth, whatever. So, so not long, really. We are talking a matter of four weeks. Four weeks. So yeah. there'll be the, you know, lads on tour thing for the Champions League, and then it's right Brilliant. back into uh, into Ligue 1 and Ligue 2. 
which and is, a lot which of teams great. need to do business in that time as well so it'll be interesting oh to see god yes it's gonna be well. it's gonna be a big oh god we're Montpellier had had Rulli on on loan and goal last year, but apparently wouldn't pay the ten million fee to keep him permanently. So now we're being linked with Loris Carius. Oh God, good luck with that. (laughs) There's um, there's already been quite a few transfers. I think there's a Um, break now because the transfer season can only be a certain length. So. mm. And kind of tubes. A, a sort of mid-season pause, but yeah, there has been quite a lot, and Nice in particular have had, a, I think, a very good transfer windows by far. I don't think Saint Etienne has been too bad either. No, Nice have had a huge turnover as well, haven't they? Because obviously Malangsara is now available on on a free, and they're, they're shipping a lot in and out. They've also, while we've been speaking, they've signed Ronnie Lopez on loan. <laughs> have they? From Seville. From Seville. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe uh, once things have calmed down a bit and we've got the Coupe de la Ligue to talk about, we can go through a few things in a bit more detail next week. Yes. Um, we yeah, are hoping to have a preview of the Juve Lyon game up from our good friend Tarek. Um, I will be attempting to do some form of preview on the Coupe de la Ligue final. Um, stand by for doodles and sketches on that one um and we'll have something up from john mainland soon as well because the limoges uh story has ended badly so he's rounding that up from the what were the lower leagues but are now the really lower lower leagues so the 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 drugs if you will um yeah hedges there are many many hedges involved Um, yes, I've just uh, and I've just seen we've got the link for Jez's article as well, so we will get that tweeted out um, as Phil said, so that you can have a little read of that if you have missed it previously. But yeah, I think that the plan it's, moving forward. It's not in the article, but he told me that if they stay up, he'd invite me to watch a match from the president's box next season. So that's okay. another reason I'm a bit gutted. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity slipping through the fingers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. To, I was hoping to get to a, a Lawrence game uh, at some point this this season, but obviously that's largely going to depend on the world and its problems. So I guess we'll see how that goes. But yeah, if if I do, then uh, I shall have to do some sort of blog on it or something. But we'll see how that goes. But the plan moving forwards will be that we we'll probably try and get back to some sort of normality in terms of the pods now moving forwards. Um, French football intermittently. About. Yes, exactly. And uh, we're, we're all, as probably those of you listening to this now, will be in a very similar situation wherever you are in the world. It's It kind of changes by the day, by the hour, whatever it may be. So we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll be here as long as there's football going on. And if it all turns to crap again, then I guess we won't be, but we'll keep you in touch. And uh, and yeah, we will, of course, have a, I say, a full preview We'll have a, a bit more in-depth discussion on some of the other teams and the movements in and out, etc. Before the start of the season, obviously we've got a couple of weeks' time to uh, to get our heads around that. So we will be um, podding before that, so we can have a chat about who's brought in who, who we expect to go up, who we expect to go down, and of course we'll all have it all wrong by May next year. So that'll be fun to look back on. Um, just before we go, do either of you have any idea? As to the schedule for this lads on tour thing, is it during the day these games? Or is no, no, no. Games? They're all they're all evening games. Okay. Um, so the remaining uh, weekends, which are the 
second legs that weren't played before the shutdown will be on site. And right. then it's from the quarterfinals, they're all in Portugal, which is um, 12th of August, Atlanta PSG, 13th is Leipzig, uh, Atletico Madrid, and then the ones that are yet to be sorted out over the next two days. Semi-finals are on the 18th and 19th, and the final is on the 23rd, it says on this bit of paper. Gotcha. Okay. So course, it's yeah. all two weeks in August is the on-site stuff in Portugal, and the um, WTMs, yes, are being done in the correct stadium to be a return leg, I think, yeah. legal yeah. issues uh, allowing. Yeah, because Real Madrid have been given permission to travel up and down to Spain or something to play Manchester. Manchester yeah. Whatnot. yeah, so, okay, good stuff. And we will, of course, um, have a look into PSG and Leon. We'll probably have a look at um, what we haven't covered today, probably preview those a little bit more probably next week, because then it'll be a week away from the games being played. So we'll keep across those. As always, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can. You can send a pigeon, you can send us a tweet. You can send this post, um, j just send it to French football and it'll get here somehow, I promise. But no, in all seriousness, if you do have something you want to ask us or if there's a particular topic that you might want us to cover while things are a little bit up in the air, just drop us a line. We will do our very best. And of course, we'll be discussing the uh, the final on Friday this time next week or when we pod next week. So um, hopefully, as we said earlier, we get a fairly competitive game and something to talk about and, and maybe just something where the media don't just say, oh God, that was boring, because frankly, that's boring. So hopefully we will get <laughs> that uh, this time next week. So uh, yes, uh, Jez and, and Phil, thank you for, for returning. Uh, it's been a while, but nice to be back. In whatever Thank you very much. It is. And uh, yes, we'll be back next week. Uh, do keep your eye out if you do want to have a say, if you do want to have a read of Jez's article, that will be attached. And uh, like I say, fire us any questions you may have. But thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you very much. Enjoy your one game of French football this weekend. And we'll look ahead and, uh, and beyond this next week's show. So thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate you. And we'll speak to you very soon.